books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Uh, Paul. Yes. I uh, completed my homework. Ah, but the question is, did Wayne? What was the homework? To watch Paranormal Activity. No, I didn't. <sighs> I got to tell you, Paul. I was hopped up on sinus meds while I watched it, and I'm not sure how that affected my uh, my, my movie viewing experience. But key in this film, and I think we talked about it last on last week's show, is that it's not a ghost that's pursuing the uh, the the characters in the movie, but a demon. Right? I wake up one night this week, and the last words I hear in my dream are, "It's not a ghost. It's a demon." And I look over at my wife, and I'm eyeballing her for the rest of the night because she's not <laughs> going to pull a Katie on me. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. I mean, every time she moved, I was like, oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> it's not going to get me. So you lost sleep? <laughs> I did. And I, uh, I uh, accused her of possibly being demon-possessed or, in fact, a demon the following morning. And she told me, I'm not a demon. And that's exactly what a demon would say. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this movie now. <laughs> Now, I, I got to say, and I'm not, I'm not ruining anything for, for you, Wayne, um, but there are a couple of things that irritate me about the movie, one of which is the guy's name, uh, Mika. Mika. And it's spelled Micah, and that bugged me through the whole movie. You know, his name is spelled M-I-C-A-H, and uh, that's that's pronounced Micah, and they called it Mika. And hey, what, what's, what the hell with the name? Why can't we just call him Mike? Um, so that, that kind of annoyed me in the movie. And their, their house didn't look like it was lived in. It looked like they were in a model home. That bugged me, too. That's how my house looks. Uh-huh. Like a model <laughs> home with three cats. <laughs> so when Wayne watches it, we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail. Because I, I, there are some things I want to bitch about in that movie. You know, I may not have watched it, but I uh, I did read something really disturbing. I finally finished reading my trade of Crossed. That that is a messed up book. I loved it, but it was like Walking Dead if Robert Kirkman had balls. <laughs> <laughs> I described yeah. some that's someone at work and they're like, Wow, there's something worse than Robert Kirkman about killing characters and about being disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was flipping through it at work and he's like, I I don't think I should be opening this book at work. Well, the fact – why did you bring it to work? That's what disturbs me. Because it's a, it's a guy that I trade comics with. You know, I'll bring uh, the stuff in. After we record, I take it in on Monday, and he's always, he's actually kind of annoyed that I record on Saturdays now because I don't give him stuff on Thursdays anymore. But I bring the stuff in for him on uh, Mondays to read. So I finally finished the trade, so I brought it in for him to read. You are almost ready for Neonomicon, Wayne. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost almost ready to endure a little alan moore <laughs> yeah a, a little cthulhu penis you, you're almost there just a tip you just know tip. <laughs> all wayne's got to do is look downstairs and he can see a little uh, cthulhu penis <laughs> that's disturbing uh, uh, <laughs> yes it is <laughs> <sighs> well now i'm gonna lose sleep uh, this is the paranormal activity of podcasts. <laughs> Your mom doesn't seem to mind. Ooh. 
<laughs> for Toggin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, I think I saw some movie. Oh, Paranormal Activity 2, I think. The dude is talking about sex, and I'm not ruining anything, but he says, unleash the Kraken <laughs> in reference to sex. And I'm like, someone's been listening to Kicked in the Dice Bags. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, the in Paranormal Activity, you know, it's all shot, you know, reality film, you know, documentary style kind of thing. And I, you would have thought that uh, – you know when 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 the the paranormal activity occurs, it's always at night. I, I, you would have never caught me sleeping, <laughs> and the lights would always be on. You know they're, they're turning off the lights, going to bed. You know, demon might happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> lights on. But we'll talk more about that later. But lights <laughs> on. You can tell Aaron's just foaming at the mouth to talk about it. <laughs> but Wayne broke the podcast by not doing his homework. Stupid Wayne. The dog ate his Netflix streaming. I tell you what, I was I was sick uh, the first two days of this week. I got caught up on so much television. I uh, I am now current on Stargate Universe, and I know n- none of you guys watch it, but uh, I'm caught up on Stargate Universe, and I started getting caught up on Caprica until they canceled the damn thing this week. And now I'm like, yeah. do I even want to finish watching it? Wait. Caprica canceled? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah. I got it, they canceled it. Uh, what? Wednesday, Thursday. In fact, they're yeah. not. They've got five more shows in the can, and they've they've immediately pulled them. They're not running anymore until after the first of the year. That explains why there wasn't a preview for next week's episode. Yeah, and I got yeah. it. Just infuriates me. I mean, I understand canceling it, but why am I being punished <laughs> for for uh, not being able to see it? So now I'm not, I'm not going to watch what I've got on my DVR until the other five are here, because otherwise I'm going to have to spend the time going back and rewatching them to be ready for. You know the final five. At first, I didn't enjoy the season as much as I did last season, but the last couple of episodes, they seemed to really have hit their stride, and I was enjoying it and looking forward to what they were going to do with it. And apparently, what they were going to do with it was cancel it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I hadn't started watching the season at all. I guess I'm one of the reasons they canceled it. Damn it, Paul. I, I, well, I had it on my DVR, and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll get caught up. In fact, on Monday, I was like, you know what, I'll get caught up. And then I just got wrapped up in other things. Um, but then they canceled it, and I'm like, you know what? Just screw it. I deleted the entire thing off of my DVR. Oh, man. Because you know what? I mean, even with those five episodes that they'll eventually air, I'm not going to get the end of the story. Right. I mean, the end of the story is Battlestar Galactica, I guess. But, you know, it's – I am basically going to leave that show unfulfilled because it's not like they were notified before the end of the season right. that they – you know, this is going to be your last episode. Wrap up all your stories. Yeah, you, know what, you, you know what, show you don't have to worry about that about Cash Cab. <laughs> <laughs> or Death Cab. That's Ben Riley. He's a wacky guy. He is wacky. Well, did you see it the, in the announcement that when they uh, canceled Caprica, they announced the next Battlestar Galactica tie in, which is uh, Blood and Chrome, telling the story of a young Viper pilot, Adama? Because I want to see that. Well, and I, I'm having a hard time connecting the dots between. I mean, as much as I enjoy Caprica, Joe Adama, you know, the the attorney in Caprica, is supposed to be this bastion of of you know nobility and honor and moral ethics. By the time Battlestar Galactica rolls around, and I, I sure don't see that. And I know you there's know a whole well. lot of growing for for uh, you know Admiral Adama to do, but. You know, I'm, I sure don't care for the child that he is in Caprica. Well, guess you'll never find out, Aaron. I'll never find out. You're right. Yup. So. 
Okay. He used a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's there hasn't been any emo uh, emo robots this season though. That's a plus. Maybe they're saving that for the final five. Um, have you guys has any of you guys seen the new Avengers series? I have it on my DVR, but I have not watched it yet. Yeah, I there's have a new Avengers series. Yep, mm-hmm. it's it's on the Disney Channel. And it I had took, no idea. It took me a while to figure out which channel on my uh, cable box is the Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotten some good reviews. So uh, I've got the entire thing on uh, DVR, and uh, maybe we'll get a chance to watch some episodes and talk about it next week. So well, really pointless to bring it up th- this week. Maybe you and I will, Paul, but you know Wayne won't do his homework. Probably good not. Point. I've actually been enjoying Smallville this season quite a bit, though. Yeah, but we're not talking about Smallville. I did not tell you to watch Smallville, thus we will not talk about it. <laughs> you, were, you were not directed to watch Smallville. You're you're getting no extra credit for that, Wayne. But we it's actually good cast. for a change. Uh, uh, we, we need to have a separate Smallville conversation, it sounds like. <laughs> with, with, I have conflicting views on this season of Smallville. I've loved it except for the last couple episodes. <laughs> Same here. Tim and I will sit that one out. Yeah, in protest. <laughs> <laughs> a Paul and Wayne cast. Sounds awesome. Let's do it. So, frustrating, more frustrating news this week besides the delay, besides the cancellation of Caprica. Um, I posted on Ideology of Madness about the delays with the Batman books. Um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, how when uh, Captain America was reborn... They had all these books that took place after Reborn, uh, while Reborn was still coming out. Well, with the return of Bruce Wayne, even though DC was like, ah, you know, you idiots. Uh, uh-huh. well, same shit happened with the return of Bruce Wayne. Uh, the return of Bruce Wayne has yet to complete, but we've already got Bruce Wayne The Road Home, which you know obviously spoils the ending. And not only that, the relaunch of the Bat books with their new creative teams are experiencing issues already. Uh, Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, the creative team from Green Lantern Corps, were supposed to take over Batman and Robin with issue 17. That has been delayed to issue 20. Um, so they have a fill-in arc in between, kind of like the Matt Fraction Thor thing. And uh, the word on the street is that David Finch, who is writing and drawing Batman the Dark Knight, which is a, a new series, Apparently hasn't even finished issue one, which comes out in a couple of weeks, supposedly. Probably um, won't. Yeah, probably won't. Hmm. Um, hasn't even started writing issue two, which is due out in December. And issue three, which was orig- which you would expect to see in January solicitations, ha- wasn't solicited. So um, not, This not- is really getting ridiculous. I mean, I can see some books being late, some of the, uh, you know, some of the smaller titles for a company, but the big three from DC should never be late. The big books from Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man, for example, should never be late. That just to me is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Don't solicit it until you, I mean, you know, David Finch, I mean, the guy got his start doing late books. You know, he, he hasn't done a monthly book in a long ass time. You know, you got to make sure he's got a couple of issues in the can before he starts soliciting that book. Especially if he's writing, penciling, and inking it, you know that's, you know that's that's just asking for trouble. Yeah, that might be a little much to put on one person. Hmm. 
I just oh, no, get... he's not inking it. I'm sorry, he is not inking it. That's uh, Tony Daniel, who is writing, penciling, and inking the main Batman title, which will undoubtedly see delays in the future, too. The so he is the, the creative team, then. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Oh, nice. He's, he's, got one of, he's got one of those curly fros. <laughs> I just don't understand, you know, how long have we been building towards the return of Bruce Wayne? It doesn't make any sense to me that the delays on this, you know, and, and the poor management. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that, you know, editorials not doing what they're doing. They're not holding people's feet to the fire in terms of getting their submissions in on time. It's all about personal management. And, you know, I know that these are creative, artistic types, but why do people continue to do business with people who cannot deliver on time? Yeah. Well, and the only one I understand, the only one I'm comfortable with is the um, Pete Tomasi, Patrick Leeson thing. They said, well, they're working on Brightest Day, so it's a lot to do a weekly book and a monthly. And I'm like, I get it. You know, four, you know, that's five books a month. I get it. It's hard. But why but hire you should have known that book? before? Exactly. You you <laughs> should you should look at I mean, my boss does that. My boss looks at, okay, what's Aaron doing? If I give him this other thing, you know, is it going to impact the other projects that he's working on? Why the hell aren't the editors doing that? I, I, I just the, the the only reason they do it is because they know fans will take it. You know? And it will bitch yeah. about it, and it's exactly what you know. Uh, uh, guys like Tony Harris say is you know when it's all collected and trade, who cares? I well, guess. in this case, they've screwed up the return of Batman so badly. I don't plan on buying it. I don't plan on getting it when it comes out in trade. This is they've actually made it worse than the return of, you know, the return of Steve Rogers. And essentially, it's kind of a similar story. He's mm-hmm. bouncing around in time until he shows back up. I agree. Honestly, it seems like they've taken a lot of pages from Marvel on this one. One of their one of the main characters has died and was bouncing around in time, and he's going to return, but he's not going to be who he was because the person who stepped up to take his place, that person's doing a good enough job, so he's going to be doing something bigger and better. And yeah, we already saw this with Captain America, and it didn't turn out so well. Yeah, can can we go ahead and talk about uh, Batman Incorporated and how much that idea sucks? <laughs> hard you know batman and robin 15 came out what this week or last week i think um so i uh, i picked it up it, it's written by grant morrison and let me tell you i will say now that the story is coming to its completion you know his batman epic or whatever the fuck it is is coming to its big completion i'm enjoying it i think the book is actually rather good the last couple of issues have been actually really fantastic paul i'm gonna no. need to go ahead and yeah. turn your card um, yeah, you're done. I just want to say, Paul, you probably only like it because you finally figured out your your Morris into English translation. <laughs> you know what? The sad thing is, uh, I thought I had. Maybe that's what it is. I thought I had, but um, I went to this website. I just came across it. I guess on the DC comic boards. Uh, Rick Dad R I K D A D dot blogspot dot com. Dude has explained every issue of Grant Morrison's Batman run since it started, and I'm like, oh my god. This totally makes sense now, but you know, I had to I had to spend like a week reading thousands upon thousands of annotations to what the story meant to understand the story. I, I, you know, the story's good; it's just that the writing sucks. So, so. you're <laughs> saying you need someone to explain your comics to you, Paul? 
I need someone to explain Grant Morrison to me. Yes, I, I, I don't think that's a. I don't. I'm not ashamed in admitting that at all. <laughs> you should be ashamed <laughs> to admit you have the Grant Morrison book that need to have it explained. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't think there was much that needed to be explained, but apparently there was. Apparently, I just wasn't deep enough for it. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> point is, Batman and Robin 15 was actually really good. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, some of the new Bat books I was really excited about, but I think they're just asking for trouble. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, David Finch on The Dark Knight, Tony Daniels on um, that other one, on the main <laughs> Batman title. Uh, you've got J.H. Williams III writing and drawing Cat- Batwoman. Uh, you're just kind of asking for trouble, I think, yeah. with some of these guys. So I just, uh, you know, I... I'm interested in some of the books, but it'll be frustrating if they rush and get Batman the Dark Knight out on time, issue one, and then issue two gets delayed till February or something, you know? Just very frustrating uh, way of handling Batman. I mean, you can't fuck with the Batman schedule. Well, and this whole Batman Incorporated thing where, you know, you've got Dick Grayson being Batman in Gotham City, and then you've got, you know, Bruce Wayne being the, you know, international man of mystery do i have that right that's that's the plan right basically like steve rogers super soldier and captain america yeah you know the thing that's cool about batman is that while he's got you know an extended family of you know robin and batgirl and nightwing he's one dude his fight in gotham is very personal going off and being steve rogers is not cool it's stupid and they're, they're they're losing sight of what makes batman cool I have never been less interested in a Batman story than I am right now. Never. Never. Never, ever. So Now you I, know DC. I think they have lost sight of the core concept of the Batman character. Yeah, I mean, until the storyline's over, I'm pretty much out of the Batman books for a while. I mean, And a lot of it was how poorly they handled his return. Maybe I would have given this new storyline a chance if the return hadn't been so mismanaged. But at this point, it's... They've already killed the momentum for me of this this run. This whole storyline was flawed from the get-go. I mean, Final Crisis sucked. Batman's, quote, death in uh, Final Crisis sucked. And everything in between relating to Bruce Wayne has sucked. I'll take it a step further. It was flawed from when Marvel came up with it for Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, you know, speaking of delays, you know, we, we've got a fill-in issue this week on Superman with Superman 704 because J. Michael Straczynski couldn't keep up with the, the monthly book. And, you know, in all fairness, Straczynski's been sick, but, you know, there are books that should never be delayed. Like we've said, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, those books all ought to come out on time. And, you know, the sad thing about it, this this issue, this villain issue, was better than any of the Straczynski issues that have been out lately. Really? Yeah. Who wrote, I mean, it? It, who wrote 704? Let's see. Wilson? What is this? Oh, yeah, Wilson, the guy over the fence. Yeah, Mr. Wilson. G, <laughs> G. Willow Wilson. Wilson Fisk? What? What, a, what a horrible name. I've never heard of it before, but G. Willow Wilson. Huh. I think G. I'm Willow sure. Wilson is also a, a, a lady. No, no, you can't have a name like that and be a lady. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> we go to Paul with our authority on ladies. Yes, yeah. yep. I am an authority on the ladies. 
because the are. whole issue though was a Lois issue with Superman only on a couple pages, and it basically was highlighting how much it sucks to be married to Superman and how much of a dick he is for walking around the country instead of spending time with his wife. I I loved it because exactly what I was thinking as I was reading the uh, the Straczynski run is man he is not living up to his married obligations. Mm-hmm. He's a bad husband. And yeah, I, I said that Superman is a bad husband. Superman. Bad husband. Who gets the Fortress of Solitude in the divorce? Yeah. Or crypto? This is a I was good about question. to say, who gets well, the dog? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Connor already has crypto, so that that, yeah. that luckily has been decided. <laughs> I think Kara could take the Fortress at that point. That must have been a strange conversation. I'm giving the clone of me the dog. Well, he's only a half clone. The half clone of me. And the half he's, clone of Lex he, Luthor. Yeah, that's right, he, because he's, he's, the he's the Superman Lex Luthor love child. But Lois didn't win crypto in the city anyway because he was so powerful and kept burning their furniture. She's not a dog person. <laughs> are we really having this conversation? We well, you know, she's really, <laughs> she's really more of a streaky, the super cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it is to put a cape on the cat? I'm just <laughs> yeah. Personal experience there, Tim? Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> so I don't know about on a cat, but last week for Halloween, we uh, – well, the week before Halloween – a dog treat store nearby was doing trick-or-treating, so we put a Superman cape on our beagle, and we put a Batman cape on our boxer, and we, we headed out with them. They Poor got the trick-or-treat. Dogs. Uh, were, were there pictures, Wayne? Uh, there is a picture. We didn't. I didn't get a really good one because I didn't want to stay still, but I do have a pretty good one of the beagle with the cape draped around him. I'll have to put that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Superman 704, good book. Yeah, it it highlighted how bad Straczynski's run has been and why this whole walking thing is a stupid concept and that he's a bad husband. Poor Lois. Married yeah. to a deadbeat husband like Superman. I bet you he's not even sending checks back to pay the bills. <laughs> You're on your own, Lois. I'm not living there. I'm not paying the electric bill. That's all you. And you know, if he's if he's being a bad husband, isn't he also being kind of a bad employee? I mean, no, because Clark Kent is supposedly following Superman around the country, sending in uh, stories. Okay, that's so yeah. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but Don't strangely, no one's seen him around. <laughs> well, you know uh, what? Woman, well, you know what? Woman wouldn't take that kind of crap. Wonder Woman wouldn't take that kind of crap because she kicks so much ass. Wonder Woman six hundred four came out. Wayne and I are uh, continuing to read this book. Uh, Wayne, what did you think this week? Now, before y'all jump in, did, did Straczynski write this one? Yeah. <laughs> Straczynski did write this one. Because it's more important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got that one out on time. And awesome. You know, it's amazing to me how much he could get Superman wrong and miss everything about the character. Yet, on the Wonder Woman title, he can completely recreate the character and still get the core of it right. I How could he be so wrong in one book and so right in another? I, I don't get it, but I I absolutely loved actually finally seeing a battle on here. You know, seeing Wonder Woman really go and fight and no she doesn't have all the power she used to, but I think that's what makes the fight cooler. True. And by and by the end, you, you she's 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 almost there, you can tell. At the end she's trying to hitch a ride back to, you know, the United States and she's trying to catch this plane and then she realizes she can fly. So yeah, I mean she's cool. She's immediately smarter than Clark from Small. She's learned how to fly. Yeah. 
but yeah, right. definitely a lot of a lot of awesome action scenes. This was a great fight book. Two thumbs up. The one the one the one negative on this book was actually an ad. There's an ad in here for Batwoman. And the ad says she's back because you demanded it. I want to know who you is. Me. <laughs> I want to know who you – it's you? It's me. I love that character. I am going to beat you with a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be a Can we take pictures salmon? of that? <laughs> Absolutely. It will be a slot forward if you're the con. Beat Aaron, with, beat Aaron with a fish. I guess you did not care for uh, you know, Greg Rucka's run on, on Batwoman. No, it was awful. It chased me away from Detective Comics that I'd gotten for like oh, five years. Man, I absolutely love that character. Right. But anyways, Wonder Woman was awesome. J. Michael Straczynski, I kind of feel like he's like – it's kind of like a home run hitter in baseball. He's either going to hit it out of the park or he's going to strike out and go back to the bench because he, he did well on Thor. He's done well on Wonder Woman and uh, Superman blows. So there you have it. Yeah, and uh, we're all very curious about Superman Earth-1, which uh, none of us have purchased yet, so – it's we'll just we'll, so we'll review expensive. that one eventually. <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess that whole graphic novel uh, once a year concept is uh, not going to pick up with fans, huh? <laughs> At least not with us. <laughs> us cheap bastards. <laughs> <laughs> We're all looking for sales online versus uh, you know picking it up at the store. Yeah, well, you know, that's because we're picking up Legion of Superheroes every month. That's why we don't have the money. Speaking of which, I noticed it wasn't on your list, Aaron. Have you dropped the title? No, I've got it. I, I read number six. It's still one of those books where every time I look at it, it's not the first one I read. But when I read it, it's almost always one of my favorite of the of the week. I just want to touch this week on the voting thing at the end. The uh, They've called their Legion vote. So now on the website, legionelection.com. You can vote for who's going to be the new leader of the Legion of Superheroes. I thought that was a really cool concept. I miss the all the voting for comics. I mean, there used to be things like that, like you know when we wanted to kill uh, kill Robin and everyone did, and then they brought him back. But there've been a few other things like that. And I really love that concept of the readers having some sort of input into the story. Does so, Brainiac yeah, I've 13 heard... have a Twitter account that he's like, "Hey, vote for me. I'm awesome. <laughs> Green. I have a big head." It's Brainiac 5, and that's who I voted for, actually. Okay. So, yeah, I've already gone out and voted. I love that idea. I wish more comics would do that. I mean, it sucks for the writers to have the fans dictate you know, their upcoming stories, at least to a degree. But, you know, it's cool for the fans. You know, to a certain extent, I'd say it doesn't suck for the writers. It presents them with a challenge. And, uh, you know, I, I wish more writers would do that, like, I wish somebody would have asked who should be on the Teen Titans. <laughs> because uh, I would I would have chosen a, a different team. <laughs> who is on the Teen Titans right now? I'll let Tim take this one because he has been dying to talk about Teen Titans for like six months. And and, and with Teen Titans eighty eight, you've got the new creative team. Yeah, JT Cruel writing, and Nicola Scott is the artist on this one. Um, The people on the team, at least on the onset of the book, are uh, Superboy, Wonder Girl, Raven, Beast Boy. It's probably called Kid Flash now. I like calling him Impulse and uh, Ravager. So you've kind of got a mix of the, you know, kind of the 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 newer the newish team and the older team in this book. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, 
yeah. I like the sound of the lineup. It can't have been that bad, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. I. I. But I don't. I'm not a big fan of the art. The art in this book. I am not either. I'm not yeah. either. There are a couple of pages that I really had problems with. Every time Beast Boy shows up, he looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> He does well, and particularly with that one long tooth. One stupid long tooth. Uh huh. If you gave him two, I might be okay with it. You got to yeah. balance out his face. Yeah. But, yeah, I, he, that that snaggle tooth thing he's got going on doesn't work for me. But I mean, as far as the writing, I kind of I kind of liked it. I like uh, the characterizations between um, uh, Superboy and and uh, Kid Flash and Wonder Girl and Ravager. I thought he was hitting those marks pretty well. The, the parts that I was less happy about, and I think it's just my um, my bias against the other the older team, is I really don't want Raven and, and Kid and uh, Beast Boy in this book. I, you know, it's funny, Tim. I, I'm right there with you because I, I don't much care for uh, how Raven has been characterized in the last several years. I've never liked Beast Boy. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I have to say, I agree with you guys, too. I don't understand why we have to have an original Teen Titans member on the team. And you know what? If you want to, if you're that desperate, then freaking throw in the F- Wally West Flash. Right. Or have Batman, you know, Dick Grayson be over this team. You know, something like that. Yeah, and I'm kind of there with you, Paul. I don't see a need for a founding member because all those, with the exception of Beast Boy and Cyborg, all those guys have moved on. But I don't like like uh, Beast Boy enough to have him on the team. And I hate that, you know, we've got to have an adult there to supervise the children because the original members never did. Right. You know, and I'm sorry, you know, how many times, you know, Connor is mature enough to lay down his life to save the world. Um, I, I think that these guys are, are mature enough to, to kind of supervise themselves. And now it's not, it's not like those, it's not like either of the adults is the leader either. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, it really and then is. Be like, okay, Cassie, we're gonna do what you want us to do. And you know, and, with the with the exception of Beast Boy and Raven, I love the lineup. You know, I really enjoy Ravager. Always have enjoyed you know Superboy yeah, Super- and this incarnation of, of Wonder Girl. And I'm not. Uh, I, you don't get to see enough of Bart anymore, so it's nice to see Kid Flash in the book. Um, I I I really like the lineup. What I didn't like about the book. Is that the opening, you know, scenes had to do with fighting these zombie creatures, and it just—I'm sure it's probably going to tie into something later on. But I just didn't care about that conflict. I would have preferred that they had stopped some kind of, you know, terrorists or bank robbery or something like that. I just—I did not care for the for the you know opposition in that story. It just seemed a little cheap. You know, so what I didn't care since for? we're asking about since they're talking. Beast Boy and Raven, have they ever said why they broke up in the one year later jump? You know, Raven kind of talks about it a little bit in this book. It, it has to do it, the, the 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 discussion is that Raven's worried that if she gives in to more to her emotions, that she's going to become more like her father because she's always fighting this battle to not be evil. I guess, and then when she started caring about uh, Beast Boy, she started to see that she was slipping towards that path of letting other emotions in. That's lame. I'm going to go back with my original assumption that he turned into an animal while they were in bed. Now, um, we it does appear that we're bringing a new member to the team at the end of the book. Uh, they're bringing in the Damien version of Robin. Well, and I have a question uh, about that because 
Batman, the world's greatest detective, has decided that 10-year-old Robin is good for the teen Titans. (laughs) (laughs) The preteen Titans. The preteen Titans. Tiny Titans. (laughs) You know, I dropped Teen Titans back when, when Tim Drake Robin left it. Damien was not going to bring me into the title. I still hate that character. I still wish that character didn't exist. See, Damien is the reason I picked up this book, though. I'm starting to like him. Yeah, I'm starting to like him. And I honestly, I like Dick Grayson's explanation of why he wants him in the Teen Titans. Oh, and I think that makes perfect sense. You know, he does need friends. Friends. He he, he needs a a peer group. And now I'm amused that he thinks. I think he needs a crowbar from Joker, personally. I'd vote (laughs) for that. I, 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 it amuses me that you know he thinks that he was brought there to lead the team, though. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of things that that you know are one thing that, that that kind of annoyed me in it. You know, we've been kind of waiting for uh, Connor and Wonder Girl to have this reunion, you know, and and and. Yeah, we, we we got circumvented a lot of that in the adventure comics, you know, because that book got canceled or the focus changed so so quickly on adventure comics that we really didn't get to see that relationship move on from Connor's return and her coping with he was dead, now he's alive, and you know how things moved. It seems like the conversation that happens in this book where she's talking about you know it's hard to be on the team with you because I'm worried about you all the time, you know yada yada. It just seems like. We should have just moved past that because it's been so long, you know, and I, I know they're wanting to address the feelings, but I'm just like, well, you know, I wanted y'all to address that a year ago. I really don't feel like reading that right now. Yeah, I, I, and I get it. You know, they have to have teen angst and teen titans, but, you know, th- they'd have a little bit more teen angst if they had more than three teenagers on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and three adults. Because, I mean, it's, it's Ravager. I don't know. At point, I just... I, while I I like some of the team, it's just not clicking. You know, they focus too much on Raven and Beast Boy, which honestly, obviously, no one likes those characters. Who really likes those characters? Why do they keep putting them on the team? Is it because both of those characters are on the Tiny Titans cartoon? You know, is, know it, is, is it trying to to make bridge that audience over into the comic book? Well, I mean, I'll admit I started reading the Teen Titans comic book because I was enjoying the old Teen Titans cartoon they did. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I started reading it expecting to see those characters, and some of them were on the team, Beast Boy and Raven were. They did a good job with them on the cartoon. I wouldn't so, say you know, I, I was like, expecting them. I wouldn't say I like those characters, but I don't dislike them. My my thought is they should have moved on like everybody else. You know? I agree. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Raven in another book, you know. But well, it, well I wouldn't buy it. But yeah, I, well, I wouldn't yeah. buy it. But <laughs> I mean, book. I don't dislike the character. I wouldn't be wouldn't be a reason for me not to buy a book. You know what bugs me about Raven? She's going through the exact same emotional arc that she went through almost thirty years ago in the in the original New Teen Titans title. You know, it's oh, I've got to be aloof. I can't engage my feelings. I can't love Wally West because if I do, the evil will come out. And that's the exact same thing, you know, uh, now that they had back then. And I'm tired of that. It's not that interesting of a story arc. It was nice the first time. Done. You know, I, I if you don't have something new to say about the character, I'm really not interested in reading about him. Well, 
And so what it boils down to is, Aaron, are you buying Teen Titans number 89? I am. Tim? Yep. I think I will, too, because I'm curious to see what happens with this Damien situation. And, you know, I I give uh, Tim a lot of crap about uh, Teen Titans, but I want to like the book. I I have enjoyed Teen Titans in the past, loved it when Jeff Johns was writing it, Uh, loved it when Marv Wolfman was writing it, have enjoyed, you know, some of the other incarnations. But, uh, you know, I will jump off it if it begins to suck. And as much as I enjoy J.T. Cruel, I have not enjoyed his uh, his Green Green Arrow storyline. Yeah, but I, I have a feeling that Green Arrow is inflicted with the brightest day Virus. influenza. <laughs> and this, yeah. book, this book does not have that banner. Now, an- another book that I have wanted to like is Justice Society of America, and I've been off it for several months. Paul, I see that you picked up number 44. Yeah, number 44 is the start of the new creative team, which is Mark Guggenheim, um, who has done you know a lots of TV work. I think he worked on Smallville, maybe. I don't know. He's worked on a lot of TV and movies. Um, he's actually scripting the upcoming uh, Green Lantern movie, if I remember correctly, um, with art by Scott Collins, who I think we're all a fan of his art, if not his writing. Um so the 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 story I'm not going to give away too much, but the the the, the premise is um, there is this it's like a a super super terrorist basically like a super powered terrorist who comes in and the issue essentially is one giant fight scene where the Justice Society gets their ass handed to them. It's like a fight that lasts hours and hours and hours and. Basically, the ultimate way they take down the villain levels an entire city. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's uh, you know it, it's um, one of the one of the members gets his neck broken, and so you know it, it, there's like a lot going on in this issue. And I gotta say, I loved this book. I thought this book was fantastic. Um, you know, this is the type of Justice Society story I like to read that I wasn't getting for a while in in the book. That's why I dropped it after uh, Jeff Johns left the title. But it's it's really really good, you know. There's a lot going on. Apparently, Mister Terrific is losing his intelligence. Um, so he like, he's he's not as terrific anymore. He's less terrific, Mister Mediocre, Mister Ite, Mister Exactly, Mister A. So uh, you know, but there's a lot going on. Another member of the team is offered uh, to be a mayor of a town. Um, so, I mean, it's like, I don't think they're going to break apart the team, but there's a lot going on. There's a lot of plot lines set up in this first issue of the new arc. And I gotta say, I'm, I'm glad I picked it up because I am definitely going to keep buying it. And the art, the art is gorgeous. You know, Scott Collins, he kind of started doing this painter thing for, you know, this painterly art recently with his recent stuff. Yep. And uh, it, it's really working, and it really works on this title. It's a gorgeous book. So I actually really recommend picking it up. Yeah, I, 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 it, it will be worth your hard-earned two ninety nine. So Have I you know, praised DC enough lately about that? I really like the price drop on some of their books. It, yeah. I appreciate it. Well, and uh, Marvel – you know they uh, they went out saying oh you know what we're gonna drop some titles to two ninety nine too, and uh, they they um, and I guess it was eventually revealed that no you misunderstood us, we're just gonna do what we've always done which is have some two ninety nine titles and some three ninety nine titles so <laughs> if it's three ninety nine it's not dropping, um, 
But luckily, I guess books like Fantastic Four are still two ninety nine, are they not? It, it is. It's only three dollars. That's right. To pick up the next chapter of three. And I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed this book. This was the continuation of uh, Ben Grimm being all butt-headed. His uh, head got all big <laughs> and looks like a giant rocky ass on his head. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the uh, the little children brain trust that uh, Reed has been mentoring had created a drug therapy for the thing that would essentially allow him to be human one week out of the year on a recurring basis. And so he took it. He took that. He took the the first treatment of that this time, and you know immediately thereafter he re- returns to his human Ben Grimm form. You know, and we've seen that happen a couple times. I've never seen it happen like this, where the rock actually falls off and is sitting on the ground. Yeah. Normally he just turns back. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool concept of the rocks just falling off around him. Yeah, it, it, and it was really nicely illustrated. I liked how it just kind of crumbled around him. What I was expecting in the book is the kind of thing that you usually see in comics where, you know, oh, great, it's the day that he gets to, to do what he wants to do, and then everything gets screwed around him, and, you know, he this, sh- this is the one day he really should have been the thing as opposed to being Ben Grimm. And that wasn't what it was. It actually was a very nice story of... Uh, you know, Ben Graham getting to go off and be human. I, this was a nice story, and I mean that in terms of it was just nice getting to see your eternally suffering character get to go out and do what he wants to do. I, I thought this was great. Which is Alicia Masters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> Wayne, uh, I, I know you've been, been following along with Fantastic Four. I didn't realize that he and Alicia were, were, were back together. I don't know that they were. I think this was more of a booty call. I mean, I kind of got that impression <laughs> that they they aren't back together, but he's taking advantage of the fact he only has a week to be human, and she's taking advantage of it, so he's making his move again. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I I was I was trying to determine is this just him showing up, you know? Hey, baby, you know, hit that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's what I think happened. Yeah, I think so too. I think so, too. I just want to make sure I hadn't missed something. But, yeah, I had been disappointed by this book for the last couple issues, but this one really hit it out of the park. I enjoyed everything about it. I loved his that he actually got a day. I'm pretty sure he'll still be human when, uh, you know, when the bad shit starts happening. But now the last couple of pages of this book. Now, I had I was so engrossed in the Ben Grimm story that when Silver Surfer showed up in the last couple of pages to talk to Reed, I was like, oh, crap, I'd completely forgotten about this. Yeah. I, I had, you know, at the end of the last issue, Silver Surfer had found the uh, future Galactus corpse underground and, you know, and had said, unacceptable. And so Silver Surfer shows up and, you know, uh, there needs to be a conversation between him and Reed. And Reed's like, well, I can explain it. No, 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 I'm not the one with the questions. This guy is. And the last picture you see is Galactus hovering over the Baxter building, you know. (laughs) And what I loved about that, too, is it wasn't like usually when they do something like this, you get, you know, they show up with a bunch of questions and all. But they already knew that it was a future version of Galactus. It's it's one of those things they didn't take for granted their ability to scan things on their own to detect things. More interesting is there's a tachyon decay indicating a temporal peculiarity. 
So, I mean, they already know this is a future version of Galactus, which makes it even more interesting because now Galactus is probably pissed off wondering, okay, how do you kill me in the future so I can stop this? Yeah. Did he drive his 67 Chevy to get to Earth? <laughs> his Galactus engine? His gla- yeah, he put his <laughs> pimped out Galactus engine. Did he do that? He did not. Okay. I, I just love the the... the the staging of these panels, you know, because, you know, like you said, you know, Silver Surfer is talking about the, you know, tachyon decay. And Reed says, you know, well, it's difficult to explain. And the next panel is the Silver Surfer just, you know, brooding, dark, scowly face at him, says nothing. And Reed's like, well, what I mean is, of course I can explain it to you. It's just, well, it's going to take a while. And Silver Surfer says, oh, you misunderstand me, Reed. It is my master who seeks answers to difficult questions. And then, bam, last page of the book, Galactus over the Baxter building. It's just fantastic pacing. I, this, yeah. this, this is a terrific book. Thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to end. Yeah, I was excited on the last couple pages. I mean, it was a good feel-good story. And now there's a human Ben Grimm and Galactus just showed up. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But, you know, he's going to be, uh, you know, cuddling. He won't have time to fight Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be too busy getting his freak on with uh, with Alicia. It's, it's the end of the break. world, and I'm human, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yep. The world may be ending tomorrow, <laughs> so take it in the butt. Now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Paul says to his wife every Friday. <laughs> Speaking of taking it in the butt, how was Avengers number six, Paul? Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, it was so horrible. So <laughs> apparently this battle between Kang and Ultron is screwing with the time stream. So, I already don't care. Yeah. So <laughs> the Avengers go and they say, hey, Ultron, if you fight Kang, the time stream's going to be jacked up. And Ultron says, you think so? All right. Okay. So he doesn't fight Kang. And then there's a whole bunch of talking and the book's over. This was a piece of shit. Oh my <laughs> god, this book was awful. I mean, this is Grant Morrison level of confusion. Yeah, I, I bet you if I read all six of these issues together, they still wouldn't make sense to me. This book was awful, 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 awful. Highest possible D recommendation. <laughs> you know, I will give one thing to this storyline. No, when when it first started, and the uh, all of the. The kids showed up from Avengers Next. I actually went out to Netflix and threw Avengers Next on my uh, on my queue. And as bad as this story was, Avengers Next actually wasn't too bad. I mean, it wasn't as good as any of the Ultimate Avengers movies or anything, but it was a fun watch. You know, it, that's what I give the story is it at least made me go watch a better story. What what I find so amazing about Avengers is. The people who are saying that John Romita is, you know, just knocking it out of the park in the artwork. Who and, the hell says that? Well, people involved in the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis has said it everywhere. And, you know, I was listening to his interview over on Word Balloon a, a week or so ago, and he was just going on and on about how wonderful John Romita's artwork is on that book. And I'm just like, you know, I understand you're selling your book, and I. I but how do you sleep at night? Yeah, I because <laughs> I don't know anybody who's looked at it and said that that's any good. Maybe if you huff some paint first, 
I mean, it, that that stuff oh. is crap. I don't know what's wrong with uh, John John, but uh, that stuff is crap. Yeah, it was. It was. And this book, you know, they 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 had a uh, pick. Um, there were certain pages that had lots of characters on them, and they're so poorly drawn, you can really only tell who they are because they're colored a certain way. I mean, the book really is just horrendous, uh, and uh, I, I feel really bad about it because it's so completely opposite than some of the other stuff Bendis is doing. And I just – I don't know if it was this storyline, this time travel stuff, but if it is, you know, Bendis, you need to stay away from some time travel stuff because it's not just the art that's at fault in this book. Well, just look at it this way, Paul. Next month you get uh, Red Hulk in that book. Well – uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? If Marvel dropped it to two ninety nine, I might actually continue with it, just in hopes that it'll get better. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I say that now, but you know what? I said that every issue since the first. So, <laughs> so did the rest of us, and then we quit buying it. Well, you know, it, this is another one of those books that I'd really like to like. I, I I hate that I'm not able to buy the main Avengers title, you know, because it sucks so hard. Yeah. But luckily, Thunderbolts doesn't suck. Yeah, and you know the Avengers are going to be guesting in this book in book 150 because the Thunderbolts apparently can't tell a story on their own. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I we've had, you know, the uh the 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 current Shadowland tie-in which was two issues and then before that who, I for almost I, now I forget who we had before. The that. Avengers Academy. Yeah, Avengers Academy, and then next issue we're going to have the Avengers. Apparently, this is the new Marvel team-up book. You know, it never works out well for a book when it is constantly in crossovers. Yeah, never. Um, but the sad thing is, damn it, this book is good, but it's not going to work. They're, you know, the way they're doing it is not going. What they should just do it. They should have just fucking retitled it, Dark Avengers Volume Two, and started it with issue one. Yeah. That would have worked. Yeah. This, you know, crossing over into every stupid crossover and every stupid book is not going to work for them. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I I did enjoy the book. This was a fun book. You know, watching the Thunderbolts, you know, beat on some uh, ninjas, but uh, it didn't advance their story any further. You know, it it really didn't it really didn't serve the ongoing you know plot of Thunderbolts. Uh, I disagree a little bit because uh, you had Crossbones with his new superpower, and then he kills the guy that they came down there. Spoilers: uh, He kills the guy <laughs> <laughs> that they came down there to save. And I thought that uh, you're I, right. I think I, that it's going to come up. You're right. That's going to be something. You're absolutely right. Um, right but you know, Ghost saw it too. You guys didn't notice that. Yeah, he did see it. So I'm I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes. I like how Ghost is trying to lift Man-Thing's head because Man-Thing gets all chopped up. <laughs> <laughs> and Moonstone's like, God. Take some vitamins. Take some vitamins because yeah. he can't – he's like out of breath trying to lift Man-Thing's head. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny that he's such a weakling considering he's on this superpower team, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he almost yeah. killed Tony Stark. You know, it's all about the being incorporeal. Really, that that is his only skill because obviously it isn't uh, strength. Right. But I, I enjoyed the book, the the whole ninja fight, and you know we'll have a ninja fry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I like this team. I think they're really interesting. I like the way they interact. Okay, so somebody explain Crossbone's superpower to me. He he's got like this disc 
of energy that hovers in front of him that he's then able to, you know, blast folks with. Yeah, it appears to be. call it the evil eye. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess you just, you explained it to yourself, Aaron. Okay. That is exactly what it appears to be. Okay. He gives people the evil eye, and then they fry. I kind of like it. Yeah, something different. I guess it's better than idle beams out of his eyes. Yeah, that's stupid. Who would do that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, the bad thing is, what happens when he goes to the bathroom and realizes he can project lasers out of that, too? Um, That would be awesome. Thunderbolt 150. (laughs) Starting the Avengers. Well, and that's what he'll call it, his Thunderbolt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed 149. I I'm just ready for them not to be teaming up every issue. Me too. Absolutely. I just, I just don't think that's doing them any favors. I don't think it's I think I don't think it's doing them any favors, but I'm still liking the book enough to keep going with it. Oh, same here. Same here. I'm staying I on. Think that's, uh, I think that is something to say about the writer. You know, yeah. I, we we like Jeff Parker here, so you know, but but I think it's because Jeff Parker is a good writer that he can overcome the fact that his book is in a crossover every month. Right. But you know, let me ask you this: the book's two ninety nine. You know, you, you, we, we've identified some problems with it that we're having, but we're enjoying it enough to continue buying it. Would you buy it if it was three ninety nine? Hmm. Probably, just because DC's kind of balancing out the spending a little bit. <laughs> the books that you're not buying at DC—is that what you're saying? Or the because DC's no, the book, dropped the price on their books? Yeah, it's because DCs are two ninety nine. I can kind of take a three ninety nine book. Even if well, I don't think it should be that price, you know, uh, I, I don't think that was DC's goal. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, here's the bad thing: Thunderbolts number one fifty is four ninety nine, oh. and it's a ninety six page one hundred and fiftieth issue blowout. So ninety six pages, I'll pay five bucks for it. But how much of that's original content, Paul? It doesn't oh, no. say. Yeah, it says plus. Oh, there it is. Plus character bios, key reprints, and more surprises. Won't be buying it. I'm not Damn paying it. five bucks for a book that that they're charging me more just to give me a bunch of crap I don't want. I'm not buying it. It just depends yeah. on how long the main story is for me. Yeah. But then well, be I'll look, I won't put money down on reprints. Yeah, I, I look forward to your review, Paul. Yeah, I look forward to my review too. <laughs> I'll probably get it, Paul. Word. <laughs> Well, a third of your weekly budget, Tim. Be careful. Yeah, that's a threat. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I got Thunderbolts and Red Robin, and I'm out. That's done. (laughs) You two are both serious glutton for punishment, just like Invisible Woman in uh, Ultimate Mystery. Or just like you for buying Ultimate Mystery. I don't know why you say that when when you enjoyed, uh, you know, Ultimate Comics Thor. Yeah, Paul, I'm the only one that can make that joke. That's right. <laughs> I was making it for Tim because his comedic timing was off. <laughs> <laughs> it Paul, always is. So I'm, I'm having allergy issues. I'm sorry. So, so uh, <laughs> Wayne, what did you think of Ultimate Comics Mystery Number Four? I really enjoyed it, and it really pissed me off because <laughs> it ends in a cliffhanger. Yeah, ready for the next, you know, next mini series cliffhangers. Oh. The good news is, is the next series starts next month. You know, they did this with the uh, Ultimate Galactus storylines where they did, you know, like four issue miniseries and arcs and each miniseries up to the end, you know, had a cliffhanger leading to the next one. Um, yep. 
I didn't like it quite so much on the Galactus storyline. Because a lot of those miniseries were crap. Now, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoyed that Ultimate Galactus storyline. But I think it works better here in Ultimate Mystery. Um, it doesn't leave me, you know, going, God dang it, you know, I thought I was going to, you know, get out of this. I really enjoyed this issue. I'm curious, though, because they do hearken back to some stuff that's happened, you know, uh, a year or more ago in the Ultimate Comics storyline. Um, I'm wondering how friendly this new Ultimate Comics mystery series would have been for a new reader. Yeah, I think it would have been really difficult for a new reader. Of, I mean, across multiple books. I mean, right. You have to understand that Jessica Drew is a clone of Spider-Man to get everything going on there. You have to get the history of the Fantastic Four to kind of see what's going on there. Yeah. And what I'm really liking is all the changes they're doing to the Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, it, if it exists again after all of this is over. It will look completely different. Yeah. Yeah. What I, you know, and don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the throwbacks to some of the stuff to, you know, to, to show that this just didn't come out of nowhere. They've been laying, you know, the groundwork for a lot of this uh, storyline for a while. But, you know, they, they went, they hearkened back to that uh, uh, storyline in Fantastic Four. Actually, I think it was a, it was a maxi series um, where the uh, Squadron Supreme came in. You know, and Reed Richards had done some stuff that affected their universe. I mean, that storyline took place several years ago. Um, And I I really enjoyed, you know, hey, you know, look, here's some payoff for having read that. Um, You know, and and that that was a story that mattered and it's affecting this story. Um, I like what they're doing with Reed. I like that Reed might not be so heroic in this storyline. You know, Um, I completely I've kind of figured that they would back away from that until we get to the last couple panels of this book and we see that Sue is a bloody beaten mess. Yeah. And, you know, that Reed, she tells everyone that Reed is the one that's doing this to them and she knows why and it has to collapse because the blood is going everywhere. She's all scratched up. I mean, that not only has he gone evil, I mean, when it says to be continued in Ultimate Doom, I think Doom is going to be Reed it's all said and done. Which I would, think he may take up the mantle. Which would be excellent because I hate the ultimate version of Doctor Doom. He's dead right now. Well, and that whole Van Dam thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say, back way back months, months, and months ago, when you guys were reading Ultimate Comics, um, whatever the first part of this trilogy was, uh-huh. we were laughing at you behind your backs. Well, besides that, I right. said. I bet you Reed Richards is going to be the new Doctor Doom. Oh, yeah. Who called it? Do the Paul dance. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen now. Wait, I don't want to let Paul There's a Paul dance? There's a Paul dance. <laughs> We're going to need to see some YouTube video of that, Paul. <laughs> you never will. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Uh, they're finally doing stuff in the Ultimate Comics uh, world that – is really very engaging, entertaining, and worthwhile of the read. This Ultimate Comics story, you can really see their mission in, in the Ultimate Universe of being different from the Marvel Universe. I, I like that the, fan, the shape of the Fantastic Four looks like it's going to be changing for good. I like that nothing is sacred. That think you know that there are no sacred cows in the uh, in the Ultimate Comic Universe. That characters do die and they stay dead. Love it. Yeah. Even Wolverine hasn't been back yet. I mean, yeah. I took it as a given that he would return. 
I love that they've actually evolved Ben Grimm, that his powers have, are not the same as they are in the regular Marvel Universe. Yep. No, thoroughly dig it. Well, going, again, going outside of the Marvel Universe into a book published by Marvel, but not in that main Marvel U, um, I picked up Incognito Bad Influences. That's under the Icon week. imprint, right? Yes. Which is their creator-owned imprint that puts out shit like the stuff Mark Miller writes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it also happens to put out Incognito, which is uh, written by Ed Brubaker with art by Sean Phillips. Now, the first Incognito, I talked about it a little bit on the show. Uh, I read the trade. I read it in trade form after it had come out. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's like a modern pulp-type superhero, uh, a villain who basically reforms... Because, you know, that's the only way he can use his powers is to be a good guy. So he turns against the bad guys and really, really great story. Highly recommended. Now, when I heard about Incognito Bad Influences coming out, I think it's a five issue series, six issue series, something like that. I was uh, like, you know what? Maybe I'll wait for the trade on this one again, because I really enjoyed reading the first one in trade. But apparently... If you buy the the single issues, they have in the backup of each issue an essay on, uh, you know, pulp literature, uh, whether it be pulp comics or something like that. They have some type of essay on, uh, you know, different aspects of pulp literature. This one, uh, this issue featured a backup essay on the Phantom Detective, who is the fourth most... Uh, published hero in the American pulps, but no one ever heard of him because apparently he sucked. So, you know, I was like, and, and apparently those do not get reprinted in the trades. They are only in the floppy issues. Now, I gotta say, I enjoyed the hell out of the comic. Um, it's just as good as the first run, so if you like the original Incognito, pick this one up. But I really loved the essay, too. And I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with pulp comics and things like that, so reading about them, you know, getting that little history lesson in the back there was definitely worth it. You know, now, I mean, it's a 350 book. It's oversized. It's really well written. And that's not Ed Brubaker that's writing those uh, essays, is it? It's somebody else, right? Yeah, it's um, the guy's name is Jeff Nevins, and I think he is a pulp historian. Yeah. Like, that's what he does. He writes about pulp stuff. So, you know, I, I like that aspect. I like, you know, I think I found it really interesting – in addition to having a great comic book that looks great, you know, continues the story we got from the first one. You know, uh, I know Wayne reads Incorruptible, and, uh, you know, I said if you like Incorruptible, check out Incognito. I feel they have a similar feel, at least yeah. from what I've read of Incorruptible. And I would I agree. I, I'm, I'm reading uh, Incognito, the first trade right now, uh, about halfway through it, and really enjoying it. And there, there, are, some, uh, there are some similarities, you know, between uh, – uh, Incorruptible and, and Incognito. Um, but there is such a strong pulp feel to, uh, you know, a very noir pulpish kind of feel to Incognito that obviously is not present in Incorruptible. Um, exactly. I, it's, it's really a very nice take. And of course, it plays to Ed Brubaker's strengths because, you know, he, he very much enjoys the, the pulp noir era. Uh, you know, that, that is something that, that, that he really digs. That's why he's enjoyed writing Captain America so much, because he likes that 40s-style character. I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I will pick up uh, the second volume when it comes into trade. And hopefully they'll collect those essays at the back of the trade. 
pulp historian, what do you figure the tax bracket is on that? (laughs) (laughs) All I know is that I'm obviously in the wrong line of work. Because you got to figure his wife better have a good job because he's not bringing home five digits a year. (laughs) (laughs) Can you see him at at, uh, dinner parties? So what do you do? I'm a pulp historian. Like orange juice? (laughs) (laughs) Probably make more money doing that. (laughs) <laughs> Probably. Well, I don't know. I, uh, he gets his shit published in each issue of Incognito. At a penny per word. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you know, our uh, our uh, claim to fame is that we got uh, quoted on a Xenoscope book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different. This is a hobby. That's that guy's job. That's his title on his dang business card, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. If I had a business card that said oh, – I do actually do have a business card that says co-founder and contributor to ideologyofmadness.com. Does that get you in at the club? Gets him laid. It gets me in <laughs> everywhere. Knee-deep <laughs> in it. That's what Paul is. Knee-deep <laughs> in something. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> issue one, uh, Incognito, Bad Influences. I really recommend you read the first book first. Um, you're gonna. It, they they do their best to catch you up, but it's really gonna make a lot more sense if you just read the first trade. In fact, it says previously, Zach was a supervillain uh, living in witness protection. Lots of bad stuff happened. You should just buy the trade collection to catch up. Really, <laughs> <laughs> that's there previously. So just pick up the trade for the first one. You'll really dig it. When I was on vacation in the far eastern nation of Taos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I read a lot of trade paperbacks, and I took the first three volumes of Why the Last Man with me, and uh, had never read uh, Why the Last Man before. So you know, I was like, oh, you know, everyone, everyone really loves this thing. I, I've heard such fantastic things about it. So I read those first three volumes and absolutely hated it. Wow! It's one of those books that everybody says you should like. Has gotten fantastic reviews, and boy, you should I just, like it. I just really, really didn't like it. And so what I wanted to – I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about Why the Last Man, but what I did want to talk about was what are those books that you know people tell you you should like that you just don't care for? And I have to say, Wayne mentioned last week how much he loves Hack Slash. I can't get into it. It is a book written for people like me who like horror and slashers and all that, and horror fans love the book. And I just don't like it, and you know, and I I keep trying because my wife likes it, so I buy it for her and I read it, and I'm like, you know, I just don't like this. I really don't. <laughs> but you keep buying it. Well, for I guess if she likes it. I bought books after I was done with them because my wife was enjoying reading them. So I guess that's fair. So so Wayne, what's what's a book that uh, you were supposed to like but but didn't? New Avengers. Ugh. Well, that's just because you're dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of others. I'm not a big fan of uh, – I mean let's go with some of the big ones. I am not a big fan of The Dark Knight. Like the Frank Miller book? Yeah. yeah. I dislike the artwork in it. It bothers me. I mean I still – I get the story. I don't hate the story. I don't hate the book. But when I hear that it's the you – know, we hear everyone talk about it being the be-all, end-all, the ultimate Batman story, I don't agree with that at all. I absolutely love that book. My reaction when you mentioned Why the Last Man, because I absolutely love that book. Yeah, boy. Oof. Oof. 
<laughs> and you know the the thing is is that I enjoyed the first volume where they're kind of laying stuff out. It was the second and third volumes that I didn't enjoy, and so I went and I I mentioned it to my comic book guy, and I said, you know what, I, I've never read Why before. And in fact, it was when I was buying Incognito, and you know he's like, oh man, I can't believe you haven't read that. That's an excellent book. And I said, well, you know, you know, my buddy Paul says good things about it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because you know I always do what Paul says. Stupid Paul. Paul is my. <laughs> Paul is my, you know, spiritual and, and moral guide. So uh, I didn't tell you to buy why. I did not tell you to do no, that. No, you did not. You did not. But uh, I, I said, you know, I, I I I I picked up the first three volumes of Why and I read it and I just really didn't like it. And he goes, Oh, it's not for you. And I said, I said, Well, what do you mean? And he says, It's really for non-comic book readers. You know, it's it's not written for you know folks who are you know hip deep in, in comic books. It's for people outside he says he sells tons of why the last man to folks who aren't regular comic book readers but um it's a comic book (laughs) yeah it's a comic book for people who don't read comic well he was just saying that that write a book he says it's it's really written for you know folks who just aren't entrenched in comic books you know that it's for it's it's written for folks who you know it's kind of their gateway comic that was his take on it yeah well, Kick-Ass is another one. Everyone loved it. Wayne likes it, and I think it sucks. Well, clearly, Wayne's taste is questionable. Clearly. <laughs> I will not have my taste questioned by the man who reads Batman and Robin and goes on about how you know Grant Morrison's doing a good job. I will accept having my taste questioned by Aaron, but not by Paul. Thank you. Thank you. I am unimpeached. <laughs> So, uh, so Tim, what's a, what's a book that you're supposed to like but but don't? Uh, I, I, cause you know I really don't I don't do a whole lot of like comic book websites other than ideologymadness.com. Thank you. And uh, I don't I don't read solicits and all that jazz. So as far as hype goes, I have to I have to look back to our conversations and what we got in the biggest arguments about. Um, and That's I have fun. to say, Angelus is one of those books. I don't oh, really? I don't like Angelus. I think that costume is a disaster, and uh, I, I haven't liked the writing either. Well, I liked her new costume where she was mostly naked through half the issue. Mm-hmm. That was the costume that I enjoyed. Yeah, don't like it. Um, and then the other one I, I wrote down was Taskmaster. Oh, you don't enjoy Taskmaster? No. I, it, it, for me, usually I can usually get over a story that's mediocre, but if – if I don't like the art in a book, I am completely tuned out, and I just did not like that art. And you guys loved it, and I'm like, okay, well, you, you guys are weird, <laughs> <laughs> or awesome, or yeah, or you're weird. Yeah, so I know yeah. I'm weird. I, th- I think there are a lot of books that everyone loves that I don't. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, basically anything written by Alan Moore or Neil oh, Gaiman. I completely Same agree here. with you there. I making fun of my man, Alan Moore, buddy. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen comic. It it's bad. It's easier for me to number the books I like of Alan Moore's than it is for me to number the ones that I don't like because I dislike so much of what he does. I really I think that I I, I categorize Watchmen not just as a comic book or a graphic novel, but I categorize it as literature. I mean, I honestly feel like it should be assigned reading in school. That's how strongly I feel about Watchmen. For pure bubblegum fun action. Tom Strong and Top Ten are fantastic books. That's really it for me and Alan Moore. You know, I, I, I can't stand anything else he's done. With the exception of a uh, of a uh, of the last Superman story. I enjoyed that one. 
Uh, but, I mean, you know, then, like I said, Neil Gaiman. Oh, like any God. Of his stuff. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. <laughs> everyone loves it. I you know. know. You, you know, you have well, goth dressing as death on Halloween. Yeah, like, I was scared. I was going to say, Paul, it's because you're not a goth emo girl. Yeah. <laughs> I or, thought he or, was a goth emo girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, well, I am not a Neil Gaiman fan either. Oh, really? Really, I I just bleh, I don't care for any of his stuff, and I've tried. That's what that's the thing that's so frustrating is that everyone will tell you how good it is, and I couldn't get through his American Gods novel, and I don't like his comic book work. I don't know who the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate him too. Screw him. <laughs> that was Tim's contribution to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, it's more contribution than he got last time, so you should be happy. That's a good point. I don't know. There, I could, like I said, I could name tons of books that everyone's like, "Oh, this book is so awesome," and I'm like, you know, to a certain extent, even to a certain extent, even The Walking Dead. So I'm gonna disagree which, with you there. I'm sorry. I'm gonna disagree with you there. I, I feel like it's lost its way a little bit. I, I feel like it's, you know, I mean, again, I haven't read the last two trades, but. I, don't know. I, I just I lost interest in it after a while. You know, if you haven't read the last two trades, I completely agree with you at that point. I mean, for a while there, I thought it was losing its way, and I think it's recovered in the last couple of trades. So I can see that opinion if you if you've missed out on the last few. Yeah, I mean, the last one I read, you know, there was after prison, and they were on their way to DC, and that's the last time I read it because I was like, oh, God, well, I I'm think you and I are in the same place then because I, I haven't read anything beyond that, but. I, I read where he and his son are about to you know embark out. You know they're heading on. That was the last place I saw. Um, you know, it was after all the the you know disastrous events at the prison took place. But I, I where I know a lot of folks kind of jumped off at that point. I I, I really love it, and it, it's still just one of my favorite things. And I like to pick it up when I can pick up two or three ch- trades at a time because those trades read so fast. Yeah, you know, that is my that is my one complaint about. Uh, picking walking dead up and trade is that you it is it is a book you can read in one sitting and you're not sitting very long oh i am so break. excited about being two days away from the the premiere two the days. tv show one. when this drops it will the premiere will have happened so that's right the kids are going to be knocking at the door for, for for tricks and treats you're gonna shut up walking dead's on on tv <laughs> watch the zombies <laughs> that's not what i said i told i told the wife that they're gonna get a whole lot of earful of me yelling at the tv about football <laughs> be horrified about the things I say. <laughs> Just turn off your light. Just turn off your porch light, and no one will come bug you while you're watching The Walking Dead and or football. Not because I leave the windows open, so I want to. I'm gonna f- initiate the block to how mad I am. It'll be a, a lot of f- crap. Uh, no. <laughs> Let's f- face crap. it. I can't watch anything live and actually watch the commercials. I'm gonna DVR it. Go outside. Hopefully, give candy out to trick or treaters. And go in once it's a little bit later in the night and watch it all with the lights off. So I can fast forward through the commercials. There you go. little creepy, Wayne. little creepy. I'm going to turn off the lights and invite the, the neighborhood kids over. Watch The Walking Dead with me. No. You want a Snickers bar? I got one of the bigger ones in the house. I don't want anyone around when I'm watching it. They might interrupt me while I'm watching it. I don't want to be – I don't want interruptions. I'm going to make my wife leave the room for it even. <laughs> nice. Go to bed. I'm watching The Walking Dead. Wayne's going to watch it in his Batman poncho. And that's all. Yeah, I was not saying. No <laughs> poncho will just thoughts. get in the way. Batman's sex poncho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. 
we kill this topic? I think we did. Uh, good. <laughs> well, you can be rest assured that if we recommend it on the show, it's not just hype. It's good shit. We are not a hype Unless Tim recommends it. Then it might what? just be hype. Tim doesn't recommend anything other than Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like so, fun. actually, you know, since he recommends Wonder Woman, I'll give him 50%. 50% of the time, he's right. There we go. Half my books are awesome. All, you know, all four of them. <laughs> all right. Well, coming up on the blog this Friday, our the, the start of our character discussion on Knights of Rainsboro. So uh, be sure and check that out. So you can really see if Paul is a emo goth chick or not. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Could be. And, but, you know, more of, uh, you know, Jonathan rolling up his character of being uh, Tim's girlfriend. So, yeah, for that. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> All right, guys. Good stuff. See ya. Bye. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Paul. Do the Paul dance. Stupid Paul.